Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host on AM 750 WNDZ. In the Byzantine liturgical calendar, we are once again amidst a very rich time. It's actually a confluence of several things. It's two incredible holy days, magnificent holy days. And in between that, we're actually fasting. So we're celebrating and fasting interchangeably. (laughs) What I mean by that is that we're in the post-festive of the Feast of the Transfiguration of our Lord Jesus Christ on Mount Tabor. And we're looking towards the Feast of of the Dormition, or the Assumption of the Mother of God. Now, both of these have to do with not only the glory of God and the purity and greatness of the Mother of God, but also of our human origin and destiny. And they all have one common theme, our ongoing transfiguration, our ongoing growth into our true selves as human persons made in the image and likeness of God. And speaking of ongoing growth— We have someone in our studio today who has been growing up a lot in the last several years, and she is a familiar voice here, especially if you have listened to Light of the East for any length of time. Her name is Katie. She was known as Katie the Byzantine, but she has kept growing, kept divinizing, so she's no longer a Byzantine, but that's what she was known as. She was on our radio program co-hosting with me for a couple of years as a teenager, so she was known as Katie the Byzantine, and now she's Katie the Young Adult. And Katie stopped by the studio today, and Katie, welcome to Light of the East. Welcome back, Light of the East. Oh, thank you. Glory to Jesus Christ. We kept your chair there for you. (laughs) It's still pretty comfy, too. Yeah, very good. Still fits you, Katie. You're always welcome. So over these years now, you used to share this microphone with me talking about the Byzantine Church and its spirituality, but you've continued to live it. And you continue to live it as a young adult. Many, many young adults already by your age may have been ardent and fervent Catholics, Orthodox, Eastern Catholics, Christians, and already have waned in their faith or have left it, maybe temporarily, maybe forever, unfortunately sometimes, but you have not. You've continued to live it with as much dedication and zeal as ever before. 
you continue to grow or divinize, as we say. So what might be your experience, your message to our listeners as you continue to practice and grow in this particular faith, this Byzantine spirituality? What would you have to say, Katie, with your experience? Well, I think for me, as I've said in the past, our church and our faith is so inextricably linked to our family life Mm. that it's hard to tell where one begins and one ends. Mm -hmm. And so now as I become a young adult, I try to follow the example of my father and my grandfather and my, and his you know parents before him who really gave a lot to their church not because they felt like it was an obligation mm-hmm. but because it was just such a part of their fundamental family life growing up coming to church never felt like a chore mm-hmm. our parents never said oh you know got to go to church got to fulfill <laughs> that sunday obligation It was something that we did together as a family. Mm -hmm. I thought it was fun and it was cool. My dad (laughs) was was and is a cantor. And so being able to come to church on holy days with him was always sort of a treat. And it was a time when I got to see not just my grandparents and my aunt and uncle, but a bunch of cousins from, Mm -hmm. from my dad's side of my family too. So like I said, coming to church and being a part of the church is just a way of life for us. It's, um, it's not a separate part of my life. Mm-hmm. I don't put church over there in a corner mm-hmm. and then go lead the rest of my work life, my social life somewhere else. It's uh, both and for me. And that's how it should be for all Christians, certainly for all Catholic and Orthodox Christians. But you know, Katie, you and I know both growing up in this faith that it is a particular characteristic of our church mm-hmm. that this separation, well, there is no separation of family and church. They're basically one. Yeah, they're separate entities, but at the same time, they're one. And our heritage is such that oftentimes, especially in the Eastern churches, there isn't really a separation between a lot of the ethnic background. Yeah, the family traditions. There's yes. really no no place where church stop and family life ends. I mean, Christmas Eve dinner, while it's based in family ritual, is also really, really steeped in church tradition and church ritual as well. Everything that you do as a kid at the Christmas Eve dinner, you might think is just fun and cool and delicious. Mm-hmm. But as you grow up, as you learn more about your faith, you realize that there's a spiritual level and a spiritual component to everything, that everything on the table represents something deeper and something more spiritual at the same time. One of the things, you're you're still very, very young, but you're yet, as young as you are, you're still old enough to have seen transition in your own life in terms of our church. Just as you mentioned, when you were young, in your youngest years, uh, you probably recall the church being composed largely of, as you mentioned, relatives and people that were from the same, your your ethnic background Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so on. And you've seen that change. They're still there, but you've seen many other people from different backgrounds join our church over the years. And our church has that particular, as many Eastern Catholic churches do in America, they had that particular challenge of balancing that, preserving their roots, preserving who we are, yet at the same time being open to others. Because in the end, it is about the gospel. The gospel's for everybody. It's just that when people join us, they bring their own gifts and talents and make their own contributions to our community. And at the same time, we introduce them into that bit of us that is rich and beautiful too. You know, our own heritage, both ethnically and then spiritually, and the traditions, you know, sort of the charism, the spirit of it, right? There's a certain charism of our church, right? A certain character of it. And I think that has been, been preserved very well by those original members who, like yourself and like me, have watched our church transition and so it's a blend of 
what was the original heritage, the original members and families who came from Eastern Europe, but yet who have to be open to a very different culture here in America. Has that been your experience? Yeah, absolutely. I think definitely growing up in the church and switching and transitioning from being a small neighborhood parish and then moving and closing one church and building Annunciation and becoming... We're still part of a neighborhood, but it's more of a commuter parish in some Mm -hmm. ways. And I think it makes you think a little bit more about going to church. It's not just Mm -hmm. 10 minutes away anymore. It's a half an hour away. And so you could say that choices come into play a little bit Mm -hmm. more for some people. And, you know, do you want to make the trek out to church? And Mm -hmm. every time it's worth it. Every time it's worth it to come out here and to make the drive and to spend time here to to help out with different projects and do things for Prairie Fest and, you know, help teach ECF in the mornings, mm-hmm. even though it means, you know, waking up a little bit early and coming here a little bit early. <laughs> Everything is rewarding. And if you pour your heart and soul into something, I think it's really easy to see the benefits that not only you're reaping, but that other people are, are reaping as well, because everybody is making a gift of themselves. Now, this is everything that a pastor of a Byzantine Catholic church would want to hear. However, Katie's not saying this just because she knows I want to hear it. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm saying it because because it's true, because it's absolutely true. And if I could give one piece of advice to young adults that are in church right now or that might be struggling with the idea of coming to church, it's something that you've told us before. You don't always come because it's something that you benefit from. You come because somebody else who's there might need you. Exactly. And I think that's really true. You never know what you might say or what you might do Mm -hmm. that could have such a profoundly positive effect on somebody else's life. And you may not even realize it at the moment. So together with that, I I would tell young adults and urge young adults to find something in their church that they're passionate about and go after it. And you know, my sister and I have become really involved in helping with with our Prairie Fest mm-hmm. event that's coming up. But if there's not something at your church right now that you're passionate about, make something. Very good. It's up to you to do it. Mm-hmm. Don't wait around for somebody to call on you mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, I need you to do this." Start getting ideas together, and maybe not all of them are going to pan out but maybe some of them will, and maybe some of them will become really fruitful, not just for you, but for your parish and community as a whole. Well, thank you very much, Katie, for your great words, your fine words, very consoling words, encouraging words, and very wise words, especially for people like yourself, people your age, a young, young, emphasis on young adult. (laughs) You're always welcome here, Katie. We'll keep the chair there for you. Katie the Byzantine, Katie Gulish Chair of Light of the East Radio here. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Father Tom. It's been great to be back today. God bless. We always appreciate hearing from the person known at one time here in Light of the East as Katie the Byzantine. She'll always be known as that. By the way, that's a play on the word Byzantine, like Byzantine Catholic. It's spelled B-Y-Z-A-N-T-E-E-N, Byzantine. In fact, that's what we call our teenagers, the Byzantines. And yes, pun intended. So we do always appreciate Katie stopping by. And as I mentioned, we're in a time of a confluence of things during this week in the Byzantine liturgical calendar. And it is the time of a fasting period, which is leading up to the Feast of the Dormition, while at the same time we're still riding on the heels of this marvelous feast of the transfiguration of our Lord Jesus Christ on Mount Tabor amidst his three apostles, Peter, James, and John, and also in the presence of the prophet Elijah and Moses. 
Very fascinating icon, very, very rich scene there in the scripture and in the iconography. And what we're going to be doing at Annunciation Church during this week is we're going to be doing a particular prayer, a particular prayer service to the Mother of God, which we're going to talk about when we come back. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. In Homer Glen, Illinois, lies an award-winning 10-acre restored prairie which surrounds Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church. The prairie brings peace and tranquility to the surrounding neighborhood and where the children can play, find nature, and experience the meaning of serenity just beyond their backyard. We celebrate the prairie with all the things it brings, Friday through Saturday, August 12th through the 14th. I'm Father Thomas Loya, and I'm inviting you to the best ever Prairie Fest. Fest. During these three days, you can enjoy great bands like 16 Candles, Infinity, Nick Lynch, and Polka with Polka Generations. Also at Prairie Fest, see the Brazilian Dancers, the Elite Dance Academy, and the Polish Highland Dancers. There will be ethnic and festival food with a beer garden, raffles, children's games, prairie and church tours, plus a grand cash raffle with over $12,000 in total prizes. You can even learn how to paint a picture of the prairie from master artist Father Thomas Lawyer while sipping some wine in the Wine Art Studio. Prairie Fest! Friday through Saturday, August 12th through the 14th. Prairie Fest at Annunciation Parish, 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Complete details, visit byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The EWTN home video highlight for August is Answering the Questions of Jesus. Father Andrew Apostoli explores the profound supernatural wisdom in the questions Jesus asked his followers and what those questions show us about our discipleship. Order your DVD and the companion book set at EWTNRC.com 24 hours a day, 7 days a week or call 1-800-854-6316. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. As you heard in the earlier part of the program, our guest, our old friend here, although she's young, Katie, Katie once known as the Katie the Byzantine, Katie mentioned about the Prairie Fest, the Prairie Fest event at my parish of Annunciation. And again, you've been, I know you've been hearing about it, but I'm going to plug it one more time because we're getting close to it because it really is a marvelous event. It's not just a fundraiser for us. It is that, but it's, it's like a, I guess I could call it a, um, glorified block party that we throw for the whole area around our church. It involves a lot of community-type life, great family entertainment. You get to tour our church. You get to tour our prairie. In fact, I personally give you a tour of our prairie, pointing out to you how we take this sacramental vision that is so much a part of Byzantine spirituality and which Pope Francis wrote about in his document, his marvelous encyclical, Laudati Si', This sacramental worldview we take from the church, from the Eucharist, 
from the liturgy, from the icons, and we bring it to every aspect of life, including the environment, and especially the environment. And so the environment is like icons in its own way. It's like a, icons through prairie grasses and flowers and so on. And you can come and see and learn about all that. So once again, our Prairie Fest is coming up. Please pass the word. Come on down. To get information, you can go to our website, byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. You can register for a special event at our Prairie Fest, which again, I'm leading because my background is in art. It's called the Painted Prairie Wine Art Event. Now, many of you may be familiar with that. It's where you come and you paint a picture led by an instructor, which in this case is me. You also get to drink wine and have hors d'oeuvres and snacks. It's a lot of fun. A lot of people are doing that today, and we offer that at Annunciation, not only during the Prairie Fest, but actually at other times. So check out that on our website. You can register, byzantinecatholic.com. I mentioned that prior to our Prairie Fest, and amidst this confluence of liturgical, rich, great days here, we're going to be praying the Paraclis service, called Paraclis. It's a Greek word, which means consolation. We're going to pray that at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish in Homer Glen here on Monday, August 1st, Wednesday, August 3rd, Monday, August 8th, and Wednesday, August 10th. So that's the 1st, 3rd, 8th, and 10th of August at 7 o'clock at Annunciation Church. And why am I telling you that? Because I think it's important for us to pray this and for all of you that, that can come to please come and join us. Because this prayer, first of all, is traditional for this time of year as we lead up to the Dormition, which also means the Assumption for those of you of the Western Lung of the Church. It's where the mother of God was taken up into heaven, body, and soul, because she was without sin. It's a a custom that leads up to that feast day. And it's an office of consolation, meaning we call out to the mother of God. We pray in a very, it's a very passionate, very sincere service of prayers in which we cry out to mother of God for her help, for her intercession. And another reason, besides it being very traditional, and prayer is always good, especially to Mother of God nowadays, but it's also, I think, urgent that we pray this. It's one of the reasons I'm scheduling it at our church, especially in light of, sad to say, the death, the murder of a French priest during Mass at the hands of ISIS. And of course, there's been many priests and nuns and religious that have been killed or hurt or tortured, kidnapped, and so on, in the Middle East especially and in parts of Europe, and this seems to be spreading. So we do remember him in prayer, but also that becomes an example of all the more reason why there is only one answer, one answer for the problems of the world, especially the terrorism, the hate, the religious persecution, the wars, the family strife, the breakdown of marriage and family, the sexual abuse, pornography. I could go on and on and on. So many things seem to be so dark and dismal and off-kilter, disordered in our world today. There are many, many wonderful things, many great people, as there always is in times of darkness. There are many reasons to be joyful and hopeful, as we're supposed to be anyway as Christians, no matter what. But overall, let's face it, we all live with a certain uneasiness, a certain fear, a certain anxiety, and there is no human solution. There is no human solution. We have to turn to prayer and penance sincerely, ardently. And we have this gem of a prayer in the Byzantine tradition called the Paraclis Service, the Office of Consolation. It involves psalms and litanies, but also involves references to the Bible, 
prayers that call out for mercy and for the intervention of the mother of God. You know, as we cry to her as her children, she, we cry out to her as mother, as, as hurting, crying children that need consolation. It's a beautiful, meaningful service. And again, I invite you to come. We're going to have it in August on Monday the 1st, Wednesday the 3rd, Monday the 8th, and Wednesday the 10th. Again, this is in August here at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church at 7 p.m. We're leading up to the great feast of the Dormition of the Mother of God, and we're coming off the heels of the Feast of the Transfiguration. And I mentioned earlier that both of these feasts have to do with not only the glory of God, the holiness of the Mother of God, but also who we are as human beings. What our original destiny is, what our nature is as creatures that are always in a process of perpetual growth, of perpetual becoming, and our destiny. So these are very important, very rich feast days. In between, as I mentioned, we're praying for consolation and we're also fasting. We have to combine fasting and also celebrating because we we don't fast during a feast day. But of course, to prepare for a feast day, we do fast and do penance, which includes going to confession. So as I mentioned, it's a real confluence of things, very rich, very complex and intricate. And we're not even in the richest times of the year yet. We're not even to the pre-Christmas season or the Lenten season or the Paschal season. Those are the richest of seasons in the liturgical calendar. But here we are in the so-called ordinary time, or as we call it in the Eastern churches, the Sundays after Pentecost. And yet we've got this very incredibly complex integrated in rich time between these two feasts. The Feast of the Transfiguration, we'll start there. It's like bookends, the Transfiguration and the Dormition. In between, we celebrate and we also fast, and we're praying this office of consolation. The Transfiguration shows Jesus Christ in dazzling brilliance. He's showing his divinity to the apostles as much as they could behold, as our liturgical texts say, because they were literally knocked off their feet, flat on their face, because what they saw was just so awesome. Not because it was bad, it was just so awesome. They couldn't handle it. It was overwhelming. But they were able to see this light, of, we call it the light of Tabor in the Eastern churches, the light of Tabor, because Christ was on top of Mount Tabor, and he shone with this brilliance. They saw the divinity revealed that he was God, but they also saw something else. They saw his humanity. And in seeing his humanity, Peter, James, and John saw their own humanity, the truth of their own humanity, our humanity, our origin, how we originally were. Imagine how glorious Adam and Eve must have been before the sin. And they saw how we were always meant to be, to be glorious, to have this glorious, beautiful nature without, without corruption, without injury or sickness or deformity, just glorious. And as we look towards not only the transfiguration, but towards the Feast of the Assumption or Dormition of the Mother of God, we see our ultimate destiny. She was taken up to heaven, body and soul, intact because she was without sin, just as we would have been and Adam and Eve would have been had there not been sin. See, this is the truth of the human person, how we were intended to be, what, what was in store for us, what was in store for us until we blew it, starting with Adam and Eve and all of us who sin. We lose that sense of our origins. We don't even know who we are as human beings. We so oftentimes define ourselves in terms of our troubles, of our sinfulness, saying that, well, what do you expect? I'm only human, as if we're so lowly. But in these feast days, we're given the vision, as we always are by the church, of the truth of who we are, the truth of God, the truth of ourselves, that we were intended and made to be glorious. 
And Christ showed this to us. And his own mother, our Blessed Mother, showed this to us by what happened to Christ on Mount Tabor, also at his resurrection and ascension, and also what happened to the Mother of God at her passing into eternal life. She was intact because she had no sin, because it is sin that creates this disintegration between our body and our soul, never meant to be. And it is with the Mother of God that we see who we really were meant to be and what our ultimate destiny will be, body and soul intact, gloriously transfigured. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab. And on iTunes, Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. WTN Book of the Month for August is Answering the Questions of Jesus. Father Andrew Apostoli's insight and wisdom will guide you to a deeper understanding of who Jesus is and what he is asking of you today. The book and companion DVD are available through the EWTN Religious Catalog web store, EWTNRC.com, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, or call 1-800-854-6316. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Willcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!